0: For our acts, the sea can be deep.
1: For our diving, hope comes and
0: stops us in our tracks. Bravely, we prove in our striving, trudging together each day. Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller, and I will be your host today. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. Um, again, we are utilizing Restream, so your listening experience should be uh, better here. And uh, yeah, so today I have on uh, Steve Robinson. Um and yeah, you know, I always love the way that I meet my guests <laughs> because there's always a, a little bit of a story at least. Um, I've met I met Steve about um, let's see five minutes ago, <laughs> and we got to know each other a little bit. But the the reason that I asked Steve on is he does a lot of posting to the Trudging Together um, um, group, and number one, it's consistent. I've been watching it for weeks. And he posts something from the book, but then he adds something on that's meaningful in his life, some kind of experience. And and that's what was game. It was that part. You know, I can read that stuff out of the book. I hear it all the time. But I love hearing what people have to say about it. So that's why I asked Steve to come on. today. I thought you would be a very good fit. Thank you, uh, Steve, for taking your time and, and coming on today.
0: Well, you're welcome. Thank you, Dion. I appreciate I appreciate this podcast. I appreciate what you do for for recovery, for for the fellowship or the fellowships, and and just people in recovery. This is this is a way of life that works for me. You know, my life is pretty good today, and it used to not be good at all. <laughs> I do a gratitude list every morning, and I've done that for about a year and a half now. And wow, it's, easy. it's absolutely easy to find three things to be grateful for, and I usually end up with sure. 10 or 12 or 14 and every now and then I, for extra credit I do like a few hundred just I spend an hour I just, I just doing it and it's just and it's not the it's not the mundane things I, yeah. I forget about them but I used to did not even have those things you know I used to not have electric all the time because I didn't pay the bill and they used to have I didn't just have dishes, <laughs> I have dishes and I used to have that sort of life and today I just don't.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't that's, problems. that's a good point. When my power goes out now I know it's not the bill.
0: <laughs>
1: right. You know? I that's understand real. I understand that kind of life. Um, and I'm glad you know I hadn't thought about that in a while. Um, and it's good to go back on that. Yet yeah, now our gratitude has meaningful um, experiences behind it and uh, um, but that takes a little bit of work to get to you had to do some things to get there Um, so what I'd like to do is go ahead and open it up so we can uh, we can uh, hear your story and uh, so we're going to go ahead and make this a Steve show Um, it is all yours
0: All right. I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about, because it just came to mind, was was the end of Doctor Bob's story. He talks about the reason for service, the reason he did service, and and there were I think uh-huh. three. I may get this wrong, but I think there were three. One is that he yes. felt like he had a responsibility because sort of need to pay back for this life that we've been given, this amazing gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is that it's fun, and maybe the third God yeah. wants it or something like that. But anyway, the, the, there's at least two <laughs> reasons to do this. One is that I really do owe this huge debt of gratitude to to AA mm-hmm. and to Twelve Steps and to other people in recovery, at different fellowships, lots of stuff. And also because it's fun and it's good, and it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it took me a very long time, actually, fifteen years, to, to realize that the key to happiness, at least for me, is fulfillment, and the key to fulfillment mm-hmm. is helping other people. You know, when I'm serving other people, yep, I feel good, and so it's 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 easy to say yes to this sort of thing. Of course, I'm going to say yes. Why wouldn't why would I not do it? Um, my choices yeah. are I, I can sit around and watch Netflix or I can do something good for myself. And for Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's a good choice. But anyway, my story started in 2001. Actually, it started long before that. It started when I was probably seven years old. My earliest memory. Let's go back there. My earliest memory okay. was was... Um somebody had, had written on the bathroom wall, this is in first grade, and there was a bathroom connected to the classroom, so so the teacher knew it was one of the one of us twenty. And somebody had yeah. written a bad word on the on the bathroom wall. And it started okay. to do the best and it was a bad word. <laughs> and I got blamed for it. And I didn't write it. I didn't even know that what that word was, but I remember the shame. Now fifty four, fifty three years ago <laughs> I remember that feeling of shame. I yeah. Feeling small. I remember feeling not good enough and not big enough and for as long as I can remember that, yeah. was, that was the feeling that I carried around that I don't know mm-hmm. where it started I've done some ACOA work adult children of alcoholics work and, and some some trauma work and, and maybe it started when I was a, an, an infant or maybe it didn't I don't know maybe it was just yeah the same way it doesn't really matter Yeah, it's you know yeah we can either because
1: I do a lot of self searching too it's about for me it's about a self awareness or I can't be honest with myself um, and I've tried to figure out pinpoint where that started and that's it's an uphill battle for me I think I would just rather go ahead and live in the solution yeah. than figure out than figure out why
0: oh yeah sure yeah, but the point is that that I was restless, irritable, and discontented from my earliest memory, which is like six years old, and, and yep. until I was like twelve or thirteen, that that's that was the way that I was restless, irritable, okay. and discontented. Of course, I, I couldn't I couldn't have used those words then, and those words are obviously from the doctor's opinion from his yes. book. Um, restless, irritable, and discontented. But when I read those words and when I heard those words over and over, probably not the first time, but eventually I realized, yeah that connected the dots for me and that was how i felt i felt restless mm-hmm. i didn't feel like I, I fit into the world i felt irritable things would make me angry quickly and scared quickly and i felt discontented i just didn't feel generally happy with life i didn't mm-hmm. i was just barely surviving until <laughs> like at 12 <laughs> years old probably when i discovered the the amazing miraculous magical power of alcohol Mm-hmm. My my parents would often have block parties. We lived on a little court, um, okay, in a suburban kind of place, not atypical of, of lots of America. And they had block parties in the summer. And I think it was, might have been July, mm-hmm. may not have been. I'm not sure. But there was a keg, and I was able to sneak some from the keg. And I'd had a few sips before, but that day I had enough that I felt something, and I felt okay, a sense of relief, and I felt. That sense of ease and comfort that Dr. silver talks about in the doctor, yeah, <laughs> the sense of ease and comfort that comes after a few drinks, and all of a sudden, yep. I realized this was better. <laughs> Yeah, I finally felt okay. I finally felt okay. I could talk to girls, and I could, I could not feel so afraid, and I could actually uh, have a smile or a grin, or probably a goofy grin. Goofy grin. <laughs> <childhood> grin. <laughs> that was not so weighed down and so heavy, and so yeah, and dazed and confused. And so for a very long time, alcohol worked for me, and marijuana, and some other addictive sort of behaviors. I realized mm-hmm. a lot later that I was a sex and love addict that i was sort of addicted mm-hmm. to the idea of romancing uh, yeah. i wasn't i wasn't really in love with people with women with girls but i was in love with the idea of that my romantic ideals. yeah <laughs> uh,
1: Well, uh was the eagle song to, one after the thrill is gone right. i always <laughs> fell out of love once the thrill was gone mm-hmm. i kind of fell out
0: of love uh, oh yeah sure Sure, but the point was that anything to get out of myself, you know, anything to get yeah. out of myself, which was, which was alcohol, which was cigarettes, which was marijuana, which was which was fantasizing about girls, which was mm-hmm. shoplifting, which was thrill-seeking, which was just a lot of stuff, because yeah. I couldn't deal with the reality of just being present with myself, because I didn't like myself, because I felt unworthy and small and lost and dazed and confused and restless, fearful and discontented, and I worked wow. So forth. I understand that, yeah. But I didn't again, I didn't feel that when I was drunk, and so and so my life for a very long time was that I worked hard and I raised a family. Mm-hmm. I actually have nine children, yes, nine, and I any nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything in my You have
1: nine kids and you're smiling, <laughs> something's working. Well, they're all
0: growing up and out. Okay. <laughs> And most of them talk don't talk to me anymore, but we'll get to that. I yeah, I hear you. Um, so, so yeah, <laughs> alcohol worked for me in that it it relieved that sense of discomfort and darkness and misery at least while I was drinking, and and when I wasn't drinking, I could look forward to it. So yeah. I, I never really became a daytime drinker. I mean, occasionally, but almost never. So I held okay. my job and, and I did okay, but I was always thinking, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock. Yeah five o'clock five o'clock quitting time let's have a drink yep and actually we drank at noon at lunchtime because I was in a job that I could do that too so that was sure um, yep so either I was drinking or I was thinking about drinking I was thinking about that relieving mm-hmm. that sense of ease and comfort and that was yes. okay and if it had stopped there and my plan was I realized I realized kind of early in recovery my plan every day was that I would go out to the bar for a few drinks, two or three, okay. leave by seven or eight, and I would go home and, and have a decent night. The reality okay. was that I would go to the bar at five or six, mm-hmm. I would stay there until one o'clock, last call, <laughs> Yeah, in Delaware, and that would be 12 or 14 drinks, and that would be a $200 bar bill, and I would drive home drunk, and not remember driving home, <laughs> and wake yeah. up in the morning saying, oh my God, I did it again. Mm-hmm. The reality is, once I have one drink, I'm gonna have 12. I don't have three drinks If I could stop at three I would never have I would never have Then we wouldn't be Sitting here That would have been been, been A problem for me I mean normal drinkers Can do that My mom can do that She can drink a half A glass of wine And just stop And it's like why Yeah I don't
1: know I cannot grab the concept I can't I've tried I don't I don't I don't understand it But you know God bless him. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. So one, one of our one of our precepts is that we are bodily, we are mentally and physically different than normal people. We don't drink more. We, we don't use drugs normally, We don't we don't use women normally. We don't. Yeah. We don't act normally. normally. Yeah. We don't do yep. anything normally because our minds are a little different. At least when we're when we're when we're in in an active alcoholism. Or active. Yeah. Caught up in caught up in our addictions.
1: Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, my story was I I, I, I did okay at, at first on alcohol because I didn't abuse it too much, and then I did less okay and less okay, and then it drove me to do some harmful things. Okay. Abusing some of my kids, and I wasn't a very good husband, and mm-hmm. and some of that caught up with me on July third, two thousand one. I still remember some of that feeling from twenty years <laughs> ago. Oh, yeah. Um, when my wife confronted me, my then wife confronted me and said, you have to go. Mm-hmm. You have done too many bad things to, to our children and, and to me, and I'm not going to stand for it, and you have to go. Yeah. And so my first thought and my second thought and my thought throughout that day was I'm going to kill myself because... Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. lose my wife, I'm going to lose my kids, I'm probably gonna lose my freedom, I'm probably gonna be arrested for this child abuse crap. Yep. I, I'm going to lose my business, I'm going to lose my financial standing, I'm going to lose my reputation, I'm going to lose everything mm. that I care about. Wow. And therefore, I'm just gonna kill myself. Yeah. And ironically, eleven years later my dad had done the same thing. He had actually gone through with it and he killed himself in the woods with a shotgun. Okay. And that became part of my story too. And so, and so, let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, throughout the 90s, I, I had these two things that really m- made me struggle, that, that made it hard for me to live with myself. And that was part of the right. reason that I would drink. And you know, part of the reason I'm is simply because I'm an alcoholic, but partly because yeah, I couldn't yeah. deal with this traumatic uh, quandary. And there were two of them that I was in. One is that I committed adultery. One of the nine children was, was out of wedlock and was with another okay. one. And, and I wasn't able to forgive myself. And my, my religious upbringing told me that I was, I was damned and I was an unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. I was going to hell. Right, and the second thing with my dad killing himself and that same religious upbringing taught me that he was going straight to hell. Yeah, or for him, a purgatory. Or, yeah, yep. So, so in my view of things, he was going straight to hell, and I couldn't reconcile that. I couldn't possibly yeah. reconcile that. But at the same time, I kind of accepted it. And I kind of lived for my kids. I just wanted to provide well for my kids because my life okay. was anyway
1: for eternity.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, because right.
1: a lot of people told me, you got to get sober for yourself. I did not like me. I wanted me dead. Yeah, right. I was only alive because I had made a promise to my wife and kids, man. And yeah. I used to get up in the morning and swear at God, why am I
0: still here? Yeah, I sort of wanted to be dead, but I sort of didn't. I heard it I a mean, yeah. long ago. This guy who, who shared, and he said, "Jails, institutions, and death is what what we what we go to." And I've heard that a hundred times at least. But then he said, yeah. "Jails, institutions, or death, or worse, or worse." Or worse. And it's the yeah. worse, which is which is bad. It's that misery that that we get to that, live with. Yep. That soul sickness. That trudging through life. This hellish part of life you know i was mm-hmm. really, really afraid of going to hell because i was already in hell, right? yeah. hell i was already in prison yeah, yeah death yeah, doesn't scare us yeah i never went to an actual prison but i was in my own prison i never never it did
1: yeah yeah there's like a lot of younger people come in i the first time i came in i was 19 right you know, a lot of people lose a lot of stuff but we all lose ourselves. and i mm-hmm. think that's all that that's all that matters um, we lost ourselves in this whole addiction and we need to press that reset button and, well, not re- press the reset button, but we need to figure out who we are again.
0: That's Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. So my bottom, my bottom was, was sort of prompted by physical things or the fear of, of consequences, but it was more just the emotional pain. This emotional yeah. pain was totally unbearable and my only reasonable not reasonable it's obviously it's irrational but at the time I thought reasonable <laughs> solution was to kill yeah. <laughs> yeah but somehow a miracle happened on July 4th Independence Day 2001 and I found the 12 steps today okay so I've been a computer internet guy for a long time so I had internet access mm. I owned an ISP at the time uh, mm. service provider so I was definitely a geek and so I knew what the internet was and I was able to find I don't know how I got there. I hadn't even heard of a, I hadn't really heard of recovery. The only thing I remember was like the diary of a teenage alcoholic, a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like that.
1: Wow. I haven't heard I haven't heard about that story in a long like twenty years. Right. Wow.
0: Right. <laughs> I have so to go back and that that zero out. knowledge and, and, and zero cognitive intent but somehow I found of okay. somehow God led me on a and I bet you were dial up too yeah absolutely well actually I was at the office I was on a T1 but
1: oh okay <laughs> alright I know what you're I know what you're I was a phone and technician yeah
0: cool, a, cool, cool. yeah I used to install T1s yep very cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I found AA. I found the 12 steps. I found enough of AA that I found enough hope that day, July 4th, 2001, that I decided maybe there was a solution. Mm-hmm. Next day, July 5th, 2001, I went to my first meeting and I met oh. a guy that I, I had known from business for several years. Okay. He took me under his wing and he said go to ninety meetings in ninety days and he said he said read this book and he said keep going to meetings every day and he said he said a lot of things and I remember that I brought my son there because I was my oldest son because I was too afraid to go by myself. That's one thing I remember. Okay. Yeah you know know what? I was (laughs) too. (laughs) Yeah, because it resonated. And the third thing I remember was the first time I shared I said, Hi, I'm Steve and I think I might be an alcoholic. Okay. It's the second meeting. I said hi. I'm Stephen. I'm an like, alcoholic like, because it didn't was, take long. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I was. This is these people who are speaking my language. It's like yeah, it's amazing. It's like it's like Dr. Bob said of, of Bill Wilson. He, it was the first time that he heard somebody else actually speak his language and actually understand and actually be able to relate. You know, yeah, definitely and deep and 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 a significant level.
1: Um, yeah. So I okay. I call it. It's it's like coming home.
0: Yeah, absolutely, exactly, exactly right. I came home, and I was home, and I and I and I got a sponsor within a couple of weeks. Um, okay, he was sort of assigned to me, <laughs> which is I, good. I probably wouldn't have it yeah, six months. All in. my
1: <laughs> all the ones that stuck were assigned, man. I I wasn't even capable of picking my own. No, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay too, though it oh, was because God picked it for me and trust me his pickers was a little bit better than mine at the time yeah, so absolutely
0: yeah and so I worked enough of the steps that I stayed sober for 8 years and I remember my first fourth step and I remember my first fifth step and I remember sitting in my then sponsor actually he's my sponsor again after a bunch of years um backyard and and I remember before I went to that fourth step, I was scared, and I was absolutely Mm -hmm. convinced that he was going to yell at me or punch me or call the police or (laughs) Mm -hmm. and probably tell everybody that I knew, and I would probably have to either kill myself or drive to Nebraska.
1: Yeah, and there's that same fear again. It's that same fear.
0: Right, right, right. But at the end of that fifth step, because he said things like, I did that too. And he said things like, I understand. And he said yep. things like, yup, okay. Mm-hmm. And there was zero judgment. There was no judgment whatsoever. Yeah. And I left that fifth step later. I left that fifth step not thinking I was the worst guy in the world. I mean, I'm not the best yeah. guy. I'm not a saint. I definitely sure. did very bad, atrocious things. Absolutely. I'm the worst guy in the world. I'm not the only person that's, that's done these sorts of things. Yeah, some harmful things to myself and others. I did. I did most of the harm to the people that are closest to me—my kids and my, my yeah. Kids. So yeah, it's not—it's not a pleasant thought, but it's a thought that I've come to accept. And 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 after that fifth step, I realized that I would be okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember I, 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 I sort of took a took a reprieve after that, and I, I, I kept going to meetings. And I remember I shared sure. a meeting that, that I, I I worked the first three steps, and I did the fourth step, and I did the fifth step, and I still don't feel great. Why don't I feel great? And somebody <laughs> took me aside after <laughs> the meeting, and she said, did, have you done the six and seven steps? No? seven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Still holding the rock, dude? <laughs> Was there more? <laughs> There's more. I didn't know. How would I know? <laughs> Uh, that same woman with with a bunch of years of sobriety yeah, yeah. what an order <laughs> i can't go through with it yeah one another another moment that she 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 uh, another gift that she gave to me was was that i was mm-hmm. i was i was upset about something i don't even remember what it was no, i'm sure it was okay. a relationship issue probably <laughs> usually <laughs> is. <in> the <laughs> but she pulled me aside afterward and she said you're feeling feelings Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> I actually have to feel these things. I can't numb them. I can't have a drink. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't smoke a joint and I can't I can't have a, a torrid affair with, with somebody. I can't even fantasize about it because I have to just be present yep. and feel my feelings. Huh? Not easy. <laughs> so Especially how did you how did you deal, did deal it? with it? What did yeah. you do? Especially as a newcomer. Um, well, yeah. I up the feelings, and I worked step six yeah. and seven, and I worked step yeah. eight and nine to the best of my ability. I made some amends, and I still have some amends to make some some, some yeah. financial things. And I've been I've been saving money to pay one guy that I didn't fulfill a contract with, and and, and I'm beginning to make amends with my kids as they're ready for it. You know, I th- sure. I think the best advice I got was that. You know, I was trying hard for a long time to contact them and to push them, and and yeah, and and some of them would push back, and somebody told me you, you just got to give them time, and yeah, be a month, it might be a year, it might be a decade. You just you just got to stop, and I said okay. Mm-hmm. When it's when it's when it's time, it'll be time, and and God will God will God will make it happen. And I've been talking to one of my daughters for mm, four months, pretty much every cool. day. And it's and it's and it's amazing and it's great and there's there's a bunch more that I'm not talking to but I'm not going to focus on that I'm going to focus on the good in my life which is pretty substantial <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um, yeah and you know and that's the thing is you know, unfortunately it, it's part of our disease and and yeah and I have four kids I have four kids also and yeah when i even when i got to the ninth step i wanted to be like oh i need to talk to you guys i need to talk to you guys and my sponsor was okay. like no, no you're gonna do a living amends for them Dion. Mm-hmm. you ain't getting off that easy <laughs> right. <laughs> right. and he told me you gotta wait and you're gonna have to wait for them to get hold of you mm-hmm. just, you'll know you'll know when it is yes yeah, um and three of them i've been able to do something one we're still waiting but we don't have not a relationship mm-hmm. you know um and that's okay that's that's all
0: right yeah it is okay and i very much believe in direct amends but but only when the time is right and i also believe yeah. in direct amends and loving amends and, and we'll just we'll just do what we can to to to, to be decent human beings yeah. It was completely different from being an indecent human being. I wanted to be a decent human being, even at my worst, I wanted to be a good man. I just yeah. I had no idea how to do it. Huh? The alcohol kept me from from reality. Yeah. I I believe at the heart of every alcoholic
1: and addict is a very, very good person. Sure. I I because there isn't one that I haven't met that when it came down to when we removed everything at the very heart of it was a giving loving tolerant person they were just naive and didn't have the right tools yet Mm -hmm. you know and that was me at you know 45 years old (laughs) 45 going on 11
0: you know you understand that I do yeah one of my best friends ever his name was Ray and he lived with me for a while and he's dead now Um, okay but he was a heroin addict and he was a felon and he firebombed a police station and he was my best friend he was my what? best friend because he had a heart of gold and he was just yeah the, he was just he was the worst and the best human being I've ever met yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I, I really caught
1: what you said at the beginning because um the reason that you know and it's you know part of what Dr. Doctor Bob had said is you know I did a lot of things I feel responsible I do I feel responsible to God's children because of my behavior in the past you bet and if I even come close to stepping on or hurting one of God's children God lets me know immediately mm-hmm. I am not allowed
0: to do that no no <laughs> No, I've been thinking a lot lately about the path narrows and, and, and for, for a long time I felt like that was a little bit of a punishment. It's like I have to do better because because it's painful but I'm starting yeah. to realize that as the path narrows, the path also lightens until yes. I get more happy happy, joyous, and free and it's like, oh, okay Oh, yeah Not a punishment, <laughs> not a penance
1: <laughs> I, Yeah, that's funny because I thought the same thing and now I find that, you know, I'm on my path and I stay in my lane. I stay in my lane. I don't jump in other people's lanes. 95% of what I do is keeping my mouth shut and it works very well.
0: Yep. 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 I think I made my story sound too easy and I think I was too easy on myself. So let me tell you a little bit more. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. This is Um, your show, bro. So, so step one is that we admitted we were powerless over alcohol or whatever. Lots of things. Okay. And I never fully admitted, I never, never to, to use the words of the big book, I never fully considered in my innermost self that I was a real alcoholic. Okay. And so because of that, even though I stayed sober for eight years and had a pretty good life and was definitely improved emotionally, spiritually, um and that was reflected in my life, you know, so I was living mm-hmm. in an apartment, I had a nice car, I, I had a good job, I had I had a lot of great stuff. But at the same time, I still had this little reservation. I, I still had okay. this reservation, I still held on to that idea that I was like 85% alcoholic. But I wasn't 100% alcoholic, I wasn't 100%. Okay. I wasn't absolutely powerless. <laughs> like my life is better when I don't drink, so I'm going to keep doing this AA thing and not drink. Okay. But because I never fully really worked step one, I never felt like, and it took me a long time to realize this. I yeah. didn't, of course, realize it back then at all. Sure, you didn't, because you didn't know. Sure, sure. <laughs> so because I never really worked step one, I didn't feel, feel qualified to work step 12. Okay. So I worked twelve. I worked step 12 in terms of, of the easy stuff. I set up the chairs and made the coffee and, and did the mm-hmm. interview prep thing and did all the stuff that didn't require this hand-to-hand one to okay. one in the trenches. Sponsoring, working with okay. sponsor. I briefly sponsored a couple of guys, but they drifted away, and that was just more proof that I wasn't the guy to sponsor, and so I didn't. Uh huh. So I didn't, and yeah, because and, and so we've heard about two stepping, you know, working just step one and step yeah. two. <laughs> but, yep. but I was sort of ten stepping. I was I was not working step one and <laughs> two, well, but I was working the rest of them, and so my life got better. <laughs> But I never really fully conceded to myself that I was a real alcoholic. And so I never really was in this thing as a full, complete, 100% willing participant. Uh And so because of all that, I relapsed for six years. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't all bad. I mean, to to be honest, it wasn't all bad. You know, I I still never went to prison. I still never was, was hospitalized. I still had a house, I wasn't homeless. It wasn't a good house. It was a dirty old crappy house and <laughs> it wasn't uncre right. and it was chaotic. But it was a house and I had a I had, I had cars. There weren't good cars. <laughs> so one of the tags expired and the other one was broken down. So I switched the tags and the cops yeah. me and it was just dumb, chaotic stuff like that. Yeah. Lots of drama. <laughs> yeah, but I survived, you know, it wasn't that bad. But it was but on the outside. But on the inside on the inside for those six years I just progressively move further and further away from the sunlight of the spirit and move further and further away from God and move further and further away from the selfish mm-hmm. love that yep. developed in those eight years in AA and so at the end of my six-year relapse I was just desperate and I, I had yeah. a lot of stuff I had tried a little bit of psychology and I had a great life coach and she helped me some awesome and 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 I was self-employed and I was trying real hard to put myself into work, but the reality was that my intention every Monday was, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work. You know, 50 hours this week to get caught up and the reality was that I would work like 15 and I would yeah. like 20 and I would feel sorry <laughs> for myself like 30 <laughs> and watch Netflix <laughs> the other 5 I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't a full and productive life because I just wasn't capable I wasn't emotionally and spiritually yeah. capable of being the good man that I really wanted to be I hardly yeah. wanted to be a good man and I just couldn't do it I couldn't possibly begin to do it yeah. At the end. At the near the end, I, I had this idea of radical acceptance, which was a good idea and still a good idea. Right. The idea of just accepting absolutely everything, and sure. then that led me to connect the dot to that page four forty nine at the time mm-hmm. now seventeen. Now this is acceptance is the answer to all my problems. And then I went and Google it and and read that page. And then I just, it occurred to me that the 12 steps were kind of cool. And I sort of tried to recite them from memory. I got most of them. And it's like, oh, some of this. And then I was talking to this guy who coincidentally, I'm making quote marks with my finger. Yeah. Uh, was in the program and he was a he was a client of mine and and i talked okay. a little bit about my discontentment and my, my feeling lost and he said you know i'm in the program and you might want to go to a meeting and i said oh yeah <laughs> really, uh, it's crazy how that never had occurred to me you know six years yeah it occurred to me that a might be the solution again and i don't know why it didn't because i'm um, because I have these curious mental blank spots, because I'm an alcoholic, because I'm, mm-hmm. because I'm, yep. I don't know, pick one. <laughs> yeah. <A> combination <laughs> of all those and maybe a few others. I just never connected those dots and I never, mm-hmm. never um, decided that a might be the solution. But then one day I I, I got to enough psychic pain, enough, enough miserable mm-hmm darkness and dankness <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that I needed to try something else and, and the life coach wasn't enough and, and the spirituality wasn't enough and the, the mm-hmm. wasn't enough and none of that stuff and the working hard wasn't enough none of it was enough because none of those things really addressed my two fundamental issues one is my extreme self-centeredness all I have mm-hmm. myself and two is my continued abuse of alcoholism which it turns out exacerbates that self-centeredness mm-hmm. Yeah, and the self-centeredness makes me want to drink and the drinking makes me more self-centered and, and yep. stuck in that crazy addictive alcoholic state.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that vicious cycle that's exactly for, it for a very long time until I went to one meeting and I said hey I'm back <laughs> it was yeah. so hard and so scary it and, was and I didn't hear much and I don't know what I said I think I probably shared that I was a newcomer and got a 24 got a hour chip and I don't even remember it. Mm-hmm. I was in such bad shape and for a few weeks i did it I, I just kept going to meetings and i was still in bad shape i didn't understand what i was hearing but i felt home again at least a little yeah time. and before too long i i had i had made that realization that that i was absolutely powerless mm-hmm. absolutely powerless and it, and it really came home like six months later when i heard this guy speaking he had i don't know 20 years sober and he, he talked about powerlessness and he used that term, absolutely powerless. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm not mostly powerless. I mean, and I said, "Oh, yeah. really? Is that what powerless means? It doesn't mean mostly <laughs> powerless. No, it's entirely, completely, one hundred percent, absolutely powerless." Yep. And so I thought about that after that meeting, and I realized that that I had never before in those those previous eight years. Um, Conceded to myself that I was a real alcoholic, and then that day I did. Yeah. And part of that, honestly, was, was because my bottom was. At least on the physical, in the physical plane, not that low, you know. I wasn't okay. under a bridge, and I wasn't in a rehab, and I wasn't in a detox. But emotionally, my bottom wasn't yeah. as bad as anybody else's, I'm sure. Absolutely. But physically, yeah, physically, I, I compared myself out. But it was going to be the point? That my my conception was that a real alcoholic was a guy that was in rehab twelve times, and before that, mm-hmm. was under a bridge or was in a prison for twenty years, and he had no sure. other choice but this. Yep, that's what TV
1: and that's what TVs and movies and life tells us. Absolutely. Yep, Yep. And a lot of people in meetings do fall to that level. But sure. I I did. Not all of us don't have to. Actually, a good portion of us don't. Right. Eighty percent of us don't live under bridges. Most of us still have our homes and which is, I think, great news.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I remember that it's not yet. And that it's absolutely possible. It's likely, it's very likely that if I go back to drinking today, that within a few years, I will end, oh, up, yeah. I will end up in oh, a much yeah. worse place. <laughs> maybe or maybe not under a bridge, maybe or maybe not in prison, but those two things are very, very possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. There's some yets out there waiting for me. No, thank you. Yeah, so that was a huge realization that I was 100% powerless and, and that allowed me to more thoroughly work all 12 of the 12 steps and to throw myself into service. and I became a big book thumper for a while and I led some people through the steps and I was in a couple of step groups and I was just... nice. Really... um, can't think of the word excited. I was thinking of a better word to while I was just excited. I was all in. I was all in to recovery. I was doing things every day and I was helping people and I was getting phone numbers and I was... It was good. It was good. And, th- and then I, I eventually realized that, that the key for me to happiness is fulfillment. And the yeah. key to fulfillment is is sort of twofold for me one is living my purpose, and two is, is helping other people. Yep. And for a long time, I was confused by the end of step 12 when it says, or I'm sorry, step 11 when it says, uh, seeking God's will. Yeah. Detaining God's will. Um, Seeking only knowledge of God's will and the power to carry that out, something like that. But yeah. and, and, and it's struggle, like a lot of us do, or a lot, I've heard a lot of us do in the meetings. What is God's will for me? What is God's will? How could I ever yeah. possibly know God's will? It's got to be too big and too mysterious, and there's no way I'll ever get it, and it's so hard. And then, I, then one day I realized, oh, my goodness, it's in step 12. It's in the very next line. It's in the next line. <laughs> it's God's will to stay sober and help other alcoholics, to carry the message to practice yeah. these principles in all my affairs. Oh, that's God's will? Yeah. And then what are these principles? And I realize these principles maybe are just yeah. these 12 steps. Yeah. Maybe yep. beyond that, it's these 12 steps in the 12 traditions and the 12 concepts of service and, mm-hmm. and just the basic idea of just being a decent human being and and, and, and things like honesty and willingness and, and humility. And if I yeah. can those sorts of spiritual Principles to the best of my ability in all aspects of my life, I have really good days. Not that I yep. do that every day. Some days I don't do it all day long. Yeah. Pretty much every day. I don't think I've had a, had a single day when I've been perfect, but I've had maybe a few yeah. minutes here and there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> a few minutes here and there where I haven't had a bad thought and I haven't hurt anybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh. Right. But the point is that, that, this is not that complicated once we've gone through it. You know, it's 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 extremely daunting and complicated when we first get here and we look at these. Sure. It's like, oh my goodness, they're big on a wall like six feet yeah. tall. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, and it's God with a capital G. and We know what that means in Him and His with a capital H. And it's like, oh, that guy. <laughs> That's the guy about sin. That's the guy that wants to wants to wants to. Uh, Condemn me to 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 an eternity of fire, and I'm supposed to trust this guy? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah. So, yeah.
1: Is your concept of a higher power? I'm presuming it's different now than it oh, was when yeah, you were growing up.
0: I mean, that was that was. I mean, I've come to understand that 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 like took a lot a lot of that changed by going to meetings. Okay. A lot of that changed by just hearing other people. I remember one person okay. specifically. Her name was Wendy. She's she's not with us anymore, but she was she was an amazing person, and she was diminished mentally because she had some head trauma. But she had okay. this amazing, bright, extraordinary spirit. And she would always say, "God is love." Mm. And other people would say that, but for her, it just had this. It was different. Way, it's, it's, it's the opposite of way. It's just this lightness. It's, it's this amazing miraculous lightness this this god is love it's like oh maybe you're right because yeah. because it feels right because it feels right and, and if god is love maybe god forgives and maybe god actually loves me instead of just wendy and and good people. Yeah. Maybe god loves everybody equally and part of it was was this recognition this this idea um this model of god as father and god as parent right because I knew, I know what it feels like to love my kids, even though I like, sure. did a harmful things. But I'm, I'm not God. I'm human, so I did some harmful things. But I, I felt love, and I understand mm-hmm. God might some of what God might feel for me, because as a parent to me, to find His Son, then He loves me as I love my kids, and so mm-hmm. those sort of things allowed me to, to realize. Another thing was it was a was a. She was a um, she was a uh, sort of a recovery can't think of the
1: word. Sometimes words elude me. My mind is going. She like a recovery coach or a
0: professional or Yeah, professional. No okay. Um anyway, she, she she suggested the idea that God made himself, made religions culturally acceptable. And that made a lot of sense to me. That that made room for lots of religions. So so sure. religion is perfect for the people who practice Hindu in those countries, and yeah. Bud- Buddhism is perfect for those people who practice Buddhism, and Catholicism is perfect for those people who practice Catholicism. Sure. And for each of us, and for each, and for for different cultures, there are, there are different religions, and, and none of them is right, and none of them is wrong. And they're just different because they're different, but they're the same yeah. because they're the same. And They're the same at least in my mind, the same God, it's the same love, it's the same forgiveness, it's the same sort of spiritual principles. It's things like humility and honor and trust and truth. And Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, my, my conception of God has changed <laughs> immensely and continues to change immensely. Somebody recently turned me on, my grand sponsor, Godel's, Kurt Godel's Mathematical Proof of God. Okay, and I'm just beginning to uh, research it and read it, but it seems like mind blowing, cool stuff. And then I found yeah. a, this other guy published a book called Einstein's Walks with Gold. So it's okay, two super geniuses and, in their philosophy. Yeah, and that sounds and like down. Guy. Yeah, that's
1: down your alley too. <laughs> and that's what's so cool about recovery is you know, if you want to learn about it in a different way, there's books out there for you. You know that uh the verbiage in the big book is put in there so that this overcomplicated mind can understand it mm-hmm. because otherwise I won't understand it because it's one another alcoholic talking to another in that book. Um, and I have to you what this is what I love about recovery. You walk into a meeting. We meet you where you're at. We don't expect you to meet us. Right. where we're at and that's a, and that is unconditional love that is god working in my life um and i felt like god was probably my first successful relationship and now i base my other relationships off of that
0: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i hear god in in the shares of other people especially in a meetings i, I definitely yeah. hear God through other people and 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 i and and, and i began this this last sort of segment Saying that I was a big book thumper for a while, and I'm still a big book okay. thumper, but I'm not yeah. only a big book thumper. I, yeah, I absolutely yeah. made room for much, much, much more. Heck and, yeah! And I believe that that the twelve steps are are defined perfectly in those in, in those initial pages of the big book, but I think that yes. that's not all that, not all there is, and it says that in the vision no. you, that this is just the beginning. And now yeah. you're sober, and it's great, but guess yeah, what? Yeah, now go talk. out. <laughs>
1: what's the final sentence you will you will surely meet some of us as right. we trudge the happy road of destiny right Absolutely. it tells you to literally go out there and do the work now mm-hmm. um now i remember back in the 30s we didn't have internet we didn't have recovery coaching we didn't have treatment or we so they literally had to go out and do things but we still have uh, to do that I mean it's still part of the work uh, yeah. 12 stepping getting out to detoxes um, I'll go down to Skid Row and yak with those guys for a while
0: absolutely um, so sure Yeah, I, I, I love the, uh, the there's a line in the forward to the 12 and 12 I think that Bill Wilson probably wrote and it says that we become happily and usefully whole yes happily and usefully whole and yes we can embrace technology for that i mean i love face to face meetings but i love this 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 format too this podcast and i love sending out my daily text messages to a bunch of people and a bunch of yeah. group groups and you know i'll tell you a tiny story and that's that i'm sponsoring a guy that lives in iran and, okay and the reason is that because of covid there weren't face-to-face meetings there or here and and we yeah it and 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 we don't even speak the same language. We both use Google Translate, and we translate what we we text, and it freaking works. And I learned today that he's sending the message that I sent to him to 700 people in Iran. And it's like, wow. Isn't it? It's so cool. I know. Isn't that cool? So so there's a part of me that says, yeah, let's be old school and just do it all face-to-face. But there's another part that says, you know, why? why yeah. why why not use text messages yeah. why not use podcasts why not use facebook why not use why not whatever there is yeah, there is, yeah. You're, well, you're instead that. of
1: arguing with it we come into once we come in we don't argue and react anymore we come into agreement with things and when we do that then we can utilize those things to our benefit mm-hmm. absolutely and, and it's a much easier life um Sure. You're, and you're right i mean i'm i'm a face-to-face kind of guy too but heck then i would i don't think i would have met half of the people that i had this last year if mm-hmm. it wasn't for zoom meetings um i wouldn't i wouldn't my recovery wouldn't be where it's at i get it's so cool because i talk to so many different types of people that i get a lot of recovery a lot of different recovery talk so mm-hmm. it's
0: yeah, I don't necessarily think that, that God created COVID, but I think that God used COVID, He used this 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 time of trial and tribulation and challenge to to yeah. to bring us closer together, at least if yeah. we're willing. You know, I I didn't have any trouble staying sober during COVID because I stayed nope. connected. Yeah, not usually face to face, but there was some of that and, and <laughs> Facebook and podcasts and whatever. It doesn't matter. Telephone. Uh, and.
1: And I'll make this short, but it was kind of ironic because when COVID came around, I, I deal with ang- acute anxiety and PTSD. Yeah. And I had a hard time getting out and things like that. So I did a lot of stuff on Internet. I was yeah. doing my podcast, my daily reflect, and I was trying to keep connections. So when COVID happened, you guys all came into my world and I loved it. Right. I loved it. <laughs> I'm like because people were and i loved it because people were going nuts and i could teach them how to stay home and not drive themselves and their significant other crazy Mm -hmm. because it's hard it was man people were going man squirrels squirrels abundant
0: (laughs) yeah it's kind of 24 7 you know when when i go Mm -hmm. to meetings it's like three or four weeks so it's like four hours a week but i'm on my phone or my computer all day and i'm yeah, it's, it's it's almost never more than an hour or two that I don't con- converse with somebody else in recovery. I just it's just constant. It's just constant. Yeah, this message or I, Facebook message or whatever.
1: And that works real well for me because my forgetter works great.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you drift. repeat this stuff? Wait a year. <laughs> I use the term drift. I, I, I I'm pretty I good you know. at noticing when I drift away. You know, if I drift. Yeah. From meetings and, and service and recovery for more than a yep. few hours, even I start to feel not great. And after yeah. a few days, I'm going to start thinking about drinking. If I drink, yeah, a few if I days would be definitely yeah. going to drink. I proved it. I've had two yep. relapses, and I proved that that's what I do. If I'm mm-hmm. not spiritually said, if I'm not in the solution. I'm going to drink. This is yep. a better. This is a better choice.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what made me think that it was okay to step out of the sunlight of the spirit. But I did. I did, too. You know, and that ain't that's it ain't going to happen today. I know that. Not today. Sure. Today I'm 100 percent sober. 100 Yeah. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. This was oh, a good. This was you, a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. It's been good good. Uh, um, it's been great getting to know you. Do you have any uh, parting words of wisdom that you want to pass on? Oh,
0: just put uh, you on the gun there. <laughs> take the leap. Take the leap. This is better. Try it. I mean. Just try it. Try it for a month. Try it for two months, and and if you don't yeah. like, you can go back to your old way. give it a shot. Yeah, give it a real huh? shot. It works. Works for me. I,
1: I agree. Yeah, thirty day challenge. You know, give yourself a chance. And I think that's a good good way to wrap up. You know, um, the cars are kind of stacked against us in this disease. Yeah, and you know, it's not our fault that we have a disease. Yes, we're going to take responsibility for our actions. So don't think that, but it's not our fault and once we put down the rock quit shoveling blame everywhere and, it, and and start working with acceptance our lives change immediately it can happen very quickly and i can tell you this god does not require much of you to come and to ask him all you have to do is ask or be willing I agree 100%. It's my experience, too. Thanks, Dion. You you are absolutely welcome. All right, my listeners, thank you for being here. Uh, This has been another episode of Raw Recovery. I love you guys. You know I do. Peace out and have a day.